hey, Dad, I, I'm going to I'm gonna sign pro. I'm going to sign with the Yankees. He goes, well, Brady, if it, it came down to me, you would have signed in the seventh round to the eighth. You know, I'm sitting here. I'm locked mates to Giancarlo Staten. I'm, I'm sitting literally throwing to Gary Sanchez, you know, Aaron Judge is one of my best friends, you know. I'm and I'm like I'm wearing pinstripes with these guys. The first hitters I faced was Nick Swisher from Columbus, you know. It was literally Nick Swisher. You know, I was like, dude, congratulations on for the rookie of the year. Congrats, dude. That's incredible. And he goes, yeah, dude. Well, guess what? I'm on the cover of the show. Welcome back to the Farm Season Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we are here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. Bo and I would just like to welcome back our veteran listeners and also Welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. We're happy to have you. On this episode, we sit down with Brady Lale, relief pitcher in the New York Yankees organization. Brady is a two-time minor league all-star with a career record of 45-25. and 25. He also has an ERA of 3.78 in his seven-year career. He has solidified himself as a key piece out of the bullpen for the Yankees AAA club. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad. Here's Brady Lale. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast. We're here with Brady Lale, relief pitcher and the New York Yankees organization. Brady, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to sit down and chat with us here at the Farm System. Oh, yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. I'm pumped to be on. I've been following you guys. I'm excited to be here and be a part of the Farm System. Yeah, well, you know, the big reason we wanted to have you on is obviously you come with an interesting perspective. You know, we could talk about your personal development Again, your minor league experience, making your way up through the system. And also, too, you just have a player's perspective. We've interviewed a lot of trainers and coaches and, uh, you know, guys that are veterans of the game. And now you're kind of in the mix and you're you're in that fight. You're in that dogfight right now. So I think we bring some great value to our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. No, anything that I can help out the listeners and get them to enjoy and love the game of baseball as much as we do, I'm, I'm all in. Awesome. Well, uh, let's let's jump into it then. Brady, can you kind of tell our listeners a little bit about your journey through the minor leagues to get to where you are today? Yeah, no, my journey, you know, my journey has kind of been, uh, you know, it's something special. You know, I've, I've been uh, very blessed to be a part of the New York Yankees organization. Um, I got drafted in 2012. Um, that year, 2012, I uh, reported to Tampa, Florida, the GCL, um, the Gulf Coast League. Uh, it kind of has the feel of a summer league baseball thing. It kind of sucked. It was tough to get adjusted to. It's tough to be you know, far away from home, you know, but I was excited to be there. So 2012, I finished out, played, I only threw like 12, 13, maybe 14 innings in that time. I was only there for about a month and a half. I came home, uh, kind of recouped a little bit, and then I actually reported to, uh, to the uh, Dominican Republic for instructional league in October of 2012 um, down there in Boca Chica, where our New York Yankees organization is down there. And I actually had a, a month down there. Uh, to experience, you know, life as a Dominican player and uh, be a part and try to get some more innings down there. So that was that was fun. I reported in 2013. I actually did a full year of the Gulf Coast League, so it was rough, man. I mean, 
Tampa, Florida, it was hot, 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 hot through that whole time. Um, it was a grind. You know, I did very well. Um, I was still young. You know, I was still 19 at the time. I didn't turn 20 until August. So I finished that whole year in the, in the GCL, grinding it out. And I, I remember calling my uh, my dad saying, man, this is, you know, this is a grind. This is tough. And, uh, you know, I'm 19 years old. I feel like I'm playing travel ball. And my dad was kind of, you know, bit down. He's like, Brady, you got to realize, dude, like how many people would love to be in your position? And I was like, oh, I know, but, you know, it's not the feeling of pro ball. It doesn't feel like I'm playing pro ball. I don't have any fans there. I don't have any family there. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. Anyway, I finished the 2013 season in the GCL, grinded that out. Next year, I reported 2014 uh, to Charleston, South Carolina, Lowe's system. Did very well there. I was a mid-season all-star. I got the promotion in August up to high A, so single A ball, uh, to finish the year out. The next year came in, um, that would be 2015. I actually started in single A, high A. I had one out in there and shoved, man. I went like seven innings, 11 punches. Next day, I got called up to double A. So literally, I made one start 2015 in single A. I got called up to double A. Um, did a really good job in double A baseball. I, I was a midseason all-star there as well. Another chance, you know, play with a, a bunch of good guys there in the, in the all-star game. I was fortunate enough to actually in 2015, I made enough to triple A ball too. So I got the taste of that. I only had like four outings there. I kind of got the rough patch. Um, it was tough. One of my first hitters I faced was Nick Swisher from Columbus. You know, it was literally Nick Swisher, you know, playing the Yankees organization. One of the face of commentating of baseball right now. He's awesome. But that was like one of my first triple A uh, batters I faced. Let's see, then 16. Went right to AAA, you know, really struggled, man. I, I couldn't have be consistent um, through the whole year. I think I finished with like a four ERA. You know, my team was really good, though. We won the national championship in uh, in AAA baseball, which was awesome. 2017, tried to make a run for it again. I was still a starter, posted like a four or five ERA there. I really struggled. And now this year, again, I'm repeating AAA as a reliever, a different role, and uh, enjoying it, trying to adjust and trying to make that big league squad. So my my run through the minor league has been a little crazy, but um, you know a lot of up and downs, um, a lot of a lot of successful moments, but a lot of uh, Debbie Downers. But um, when people say minor league baseball is a grind, I mean they're 100 percent right. You know, in different ways too. But yeah, man, that's kind of been my journey in minor league ball right now, and I'm just kind of chilling here in Scranton, Pennsylvania. So man, that's awesome. You know, a great story and. Uh... You know, I, I, I just wonder if, too, I mean, just this, just when you hear, like, you know, Brady, you're a New York Yankee, you know, like, like that's, like, such a cool, cool thing. I mean, again, I'm a Yankees fan, and I just, you know, Bo's a Yankees fan, and I, does it still, like, you know, get to you when, you know, someone tells you, like, you know, you're a New York Yankee, you put the uniform on, and, you know, all, all the guys that you came up with, you know, the judges and all those baby bombers that are up there right now, those are guys that you're coming up with. Does that still pump you up? Oh, yeah. I mean, man. You know, like I said, when I first got drafted, it was like, great, man, I am a Yankee. This is awesome. And, you know, it, it was fun, but I was like, man, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And then when I got my first big league uh, invite to spring training and I put on pinstripes, man, for the first time, I, I sat there and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what every baseball player, every kid dreams of. You know, I'm sitting here. I'm locker mates to Giancarlo Stanton. I'm, I'm sitting literally – throwing to Gary Sanchez, you know, Aaron Judge is one of my best friends, you know, I'm, and I'm like, I'm wearing pinstripes with these guys. And, 
it makes you take a step back and realize where you came from. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a kid. I wasn't flashy or anything from you know Salt Lake City, Utah. You know, and and you know I took a step back, but man, dude, I'm I'm so I'm I'm so honored to be a part of the Yankees organization. You know, and um, whenever you walk into, I, I believe that you saw in our uh, our minor league facility, right, Joey? Yeah, yeah, not too long ago. I was actually going to ask you about that later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you walk in, one of the first signs is said, "I like to thank God for making me a New York Yankee." Yep. You know, and you know, it's a it's a blessing, man. It it is an absolute honor to be able to put on that NY, and um, you know, and and strive to be excellent. And uh, so it's awesome. It pumps me up. It gives me chills all the time that I'm thinking about pinstripes and I'm thinking about my boys up top. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it never gets old, man. Yeah, and that's actually it. Kind of led me to my question for you. Diving in there is, you know, I've heard a lot of things about the culture of the Yankees and all the work that they do to instill that, you know, from the bottom all the way up. Um, could you kind of dive into what that's been like again, becoming a Yankee, and like some of the, you know, the steps to that? Like, what's the culture like, and how do they go about uh, creating that Yankee culture? Yeah, man, the Yankee culture is is the best, of the best, you know. We strive to be excellent. That's our big thing: is striving to be excellent in everything we do. That's on and off the field. That is being the best teammate. That's being the best player on the field. That's being the best clubhouse guy. That's being literally the best uh, family man. Everything that you do in life, the Yankees try to literally pound it in your brain that you are a New York Yankee, no matter what, from the ground, from the minor league to Aaron Judge MVP. You are a New York Yankee, and you're you know. We don't want you to disappoint our name. So if you mess up off the field, you know, we'll always have your back. But you know what? You just put a damper in our Yankee tradition. So they try to build it right into your head that you are a New York Yankee and we are excellent in everything we do. And, um, you know, I was kind of laughing. I was listening to one of your podcasts with Coach, uh, I forget his name, Coach Conger. Conger, yeah. Coach Conger. Uh, I was laughing at him because, I mean, uh, he was telling his players that, uh, you know, imagine that you're a Yankee. Mm-hmm. You know, and man, and and I sat here smiling, and I was like, "It's true, man." But what we do is basically imagine that we're up top. Imagine that we're the best. You know, we're striving in Game Seven of the World Series. What do we have to do? Would we would we be out messing around right now when there's a serious game going on tomorrow? You know, and um, you know the New York Yankees are the best at it. Let's see, and and then a couple other kind of rules that the Yankees have. I, you guys have heard the freshly shaven, you know, you got to look the best, clean haircuts, you got to look the best on the field because you're representing the NY. So everything that you can imagine, man, the Yankees are doing it. I feel like I compare it to, obviously, I've, I've no relation with the military or anything, but I, that's what they make it feel, you know, when you're especially in the lower system is that you got to be here on time, you got to be early to stretch, you got to be out there ready to roll, uh, you got to have a goal today what you're going to accomplish, you know, every single day. Um, there, there's no downtime for you. So if you got to be in the hot tub at, at uh, 8.30 in the morning, you're going to be in the hot tub at 8.30 in the morning. You know, if uh, you got early work, you got side work at 9.30, you're going to be out there at 9.15 doing towel drills, getting ready for your side work. So all everything, it's just basically what the Yankees say is that we're striving to be excellent. It was funny, too, walking around that clubhouse out there in Tampa, you got, like, rules and quotes and you know things all over the place and it's funny like I was, again by the computers there's 
quotes on the walls of what you can and what you can't do. And like, I just thought it was just funny because you guys are, you know, like grown men, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, and, no. and, but they're just so serious. And I also, our bus driver used to drive around, you know, Jeter and drive around the Yankees. And it was funny because he used to tell us, he's like, man, hey, when the Yankees get on the bus, it's serious. Like they mean business. Oh, yeah. It's time to get to work. And it's just, it's just so interesting hearing about the culture and uh, what's been developed. I'm, I love culture. Me and Bo always talking about culture and it's just um, amazing what the Yankees have done. And it's just funny to hear it from so many different perspectives. So it's great to hear you as a player's perspective about it. Yeah, man, there's just a lot that goes into it, man. But yeah, the bus driver hit it right on the head. When we step foot, anywhere we go, man, we got to be the best. We got to be locked in. We got to be ready to roll. Um, so that's funny to hear from a bus driver. That's really cool. Ray, it's so awesome, you know, growing up playing with you and, and knowing you're a Yankees fan. It's just, it, it gives me the chills, man, knowing that you have that opportunity to put the pinstripes on and um, compete for that job. Let's take a step back here, though. Your senior year of high school, you commit to playing to the University of Arizona uh, that year following when they win the whole thing. You were kind of a late bloomer, didn't really hit the draft scene until late. Can you touch on that draft process and what that experience was like for you? Yeah, man. Um that draft process, you know, it, uh, it's stressful. Um, you know, I, you know, I didn't really think about it too much. I was, I mean, you played with me for years, you know, I was excited about the college stuff, you know, all of us were. And when I first kind of started getting a uh, little, you know, envelopes from teams, I was like, Oh, okay. You know, this is, it's cool. Like, I don't know where it goes from here. Um, and I, I got it from all those teams, you know, every single team that you can think of, I got a, I got a little envelope from, it was a player, thing and I was like oh great you know these guys are looking at me but in my head I was like really are they or do they just kind of send these out to you know whoever you know so I went through all that stuff and I was really like I said I was committed to Arizona that uh you know won the national championship that year so I was super pumped to go to college uh, but I did uh you know the uh area code tryouts the area code game perfect game and uh and uh Fort Myers and kind of did that and got out a little bit and, and I guess got on some boards for, or for some teams, you know, I, uh, I remember going into my senior year and getting into football games and all that stuff. And after a football game, uh, uh, MLB scout would be sitting at my door waiting for me to, you know, at home to talk. And I'd be like, wow, all right, this is, this is cool. The first one I talked to, I think was the Diamondbacks, you know, literally at my house and stopped over in Utah, sitting there talking to me and my parents. And so that kind of happened throughout my whole entire season until the draft it was a team would come in a team would come in talk 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 and then as the, the ending one the last guy that came and talked to me was steve Cometo, new york yankees area coach scout and i was like man the yankees i mean this is cool this is neat you know <laughs> talking to me about all this stuff i was like man this would be unbelievable and you know and, and finally me and my dad were kind of sitting there and i was like is this really a thing like you know, am i gonna get drafted is this a thing and my dad was like man dude i have no idea like, like, I'd like to say yes, but he's like, I have no idea. I've never been through this. This is, we're trying to enjoy people coming in and talking and saying that you got a future in baseball. And, and right then I was like, man, dude, I gotta, I gotta take a step back and realize, am I going to go to college or am I going to get drafted or what? So, you know, at that time I was enjoying day by day, you know, I was getting calls from the team still trying to stay in contact, trying to see if information, what would keep me from going to school and playing pro ball and, um, all this stuff. And like I said, I was pumped to go to Arizona, man. They, they, they promised me a lot. Coach Lopez was, Coach Cole were amazing at U of A and I wanted to go play for them. 
you know, but draft day came, all these mock drafts came out and they had me in the top 10 rounds. You know, I think the first mock draft came out when I was going to the Cardinals, the next one, the Royals. So it was all over the place. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on, you know? So um, the first day came, I remember getting to the draft day, me and my dad, I was stressing out. My dad was too. He won't admit to, admit that he was, but he was, he had no idea what was going on. So me and him went golfing, and we were trying to get away from it all. My mom, of course, is is stressing too, and and uh, sitting at home trying to keep her mind busy. You know, first day came, we we're golfing. I didn't get a phone call, so I was like, okay, that's fine. That's uh, it's not a big deal. Second day called, uh, second day came. Um, the Oakland days called me in the seventh round, offered me a little bit of money. Um, and my thing was, it wasn't about money. You know, I wanted to go play pro ball no matter what, but I wanted to, I still had a full ride offer to university of Arizona. So I wanted money to take care of me until I became a free agent. Basically that was, that was my doing, you know, and, and through minor league baseball is, I mean, you got to live on that, um, which is tough. So, and at that time I didn't know, but I was just saying, I, I want something to basically, uh, come equal to my, uh, my scholarship money. Um, and so the A's called me and I said, no, thank you. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get ready and, uh, see if I can improve and, and get up the craft boards, you know? And, um, in the 11th round, the Yankees called me and I actually, they offered me a little less money and was like, this is what we'll do, but we'll, you know, kind of doing their thing. And I was like, listen, I, I appreciate everything that you're doing for me, but, uh, I'm gonna go to school and I'm gonna get ready. And, and, um, and uh, I'll see you next year in the draft, you know, and I, I, like I said, guys, my mindset, it, it wasn't about the money. It was, I, I wanted to go to school. I was excited. Bo, you, you know how pumped I was. I was wearing Arizona stuff all around everywhere I went. Um, you know, I was excited to go. So, uh, and, and yeah, I just want to make sure that it, it was not about the money, but um, third day came and I actually, you know, I'm crawling out of bed. I get a phone call from, uh, from Steve, uh, the glass guy that came in to talk to me from the Yankees. And it was like, hey, dude, I don't know if you're still watching the draft, but we took you in the 18th round. I was like, why did you guys take me in the 18th <laughs> round? Like, uh, like, no offense. Like, I just, I told you I was going to go to school. Like, thank you. Like, thanks for doing this, all this stuff. And he goes, no, we're going to work out something. Just, just do what you got to do. Get ready for school. And, you know, we're going to work something out. And I was like, all right, okay, whatever. That next week, I went and played with the Utah Marshals down to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, oh, I believe you were on that trip. Yeah, you shoved. Yeah, yeah. I, I pitched one game and, and did really, really well against a talented team from, I, I believe it was the D-Bat Mustangs, mm-hmm. um, and pitched really well. Well, uh, Arizona at that time was winning the national championship. Literally that day that I was pitching, they were winning the national championship. And the New York Yankees were, were behind the stands, you know, watching me doing this, and I I threw the ball really, really well. Later that game, or once I got done with that game, the Yankees kind of came to me, talked to me and he said, Hey, we got to talk to you. So, uh, go, you know, go back to the hotel, shower up, talk to us in the lobby a little bit later. So I did that. They sat me down and, uh, gave me a great offer, gave me my schooling. They did everything they possibly could do. And I said, and this is me, I'm 18 years old talking to these scouts. Like I'm not mature enough to do this, but I'm, I'm trying to handle it like a businessman, you know, and all this stuff. And, and uh, so I excused myself from the table. I called my dad and I said, "Hey, Dad, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign pro. I'm gonna sign with the Yankees." He goes, "Well, Brady, if it, it came down to me, you would have signed in the seventh round to the ace. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, so you got I got my blessing. All right, good." So went back, shook their hands, and said, "All right, let's be a Yankee." 
Um, they flew me out to Utah, packed one day, and then I flew out that next day to Tampa, Florida, and I started my career. That's awesome. So awesome. Yeah, yeah great. man. It was a fun story. It was a weird story, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, you know, again, taking back to your the, the now, you know, taking me through your daily schedule and, you know, what does that normally look like and what does it uh, consist of? Yeah, so um, I'll start you with spring training because spring training is kind of the routine setter. Let's see, we uh, we usually get there, we get around uh, 7, 30, 8 o'clock every morning. We get in there. It's not as early as everybody thinks. We get in there, we have our breakfast. Um, I usually get done. I go straight to the hot tub. Especially being in a reliever role, I'm so used to being a starter that I have five days. Uh, but a reliever, you never know when you're going to get off the mound. So, you know, I go hot tub, uh, once I'm done eating, go roll out, get my stretching done, uh, do all my weighted ball stuff before anything, all the meetings, everything we have, get all that stuff done. Um, I'm coming back into the clubhouse, I'm sweating. Usually we have a team meeting to figure out where we're going, what we're doing. This is today's objective. This is what everybody's working on. And this is our goal for today. So we go all over it, get that done, go out around, um, I'd say around 10, 10 o'clock, maybe 10.30. We go out to the field, start stretching, doing our long toss, throwing, conditioning, get it all done. If you got side work, if you got bullpen work, or you're getting off the mound, you'll go to the mound in groups. You know, you're all, obviously we're, uh, we're uh, organized. So, you know, you'll, you'll know in advance what group you're going to go into and what bullpen, what mound you're going to be on. So you, you do that about, you know, you get that done. Let's see. And then we usually come back. We do a team defense of some sort, PFPs, always. You know, um, the Yankees are very strict on the PFPs. We're, you know, we're not just pitchers. we got to, you know, field our position. So we get done with that, come back in, shower off, have lunch, and then uh, basically get ready for the game. So we got about an hour and a half till game. You know, position players now are doing their own little thing, too, after team defense. They go and do BP, all that stuff, all the, all the non-cool stuff. Um, but uh, yeah no uh, they're doing all that stuff pitchers come in uh, get ready for the game whatever you got to do do your routine over again or you know just stay loose most of the time Um, and then we'll have uh, basically game time now during the season it's a little different with the seven o'clock games you know I usually I usually get to the field about two and a half hours early uh, just because of the routine that me and my trainer back home got me in need to be there our days usually, so I'm there about 11.30 noon. I'm usually stretching until about 3. Yeah, we'll uh, get in there, do, get in the hot tub, roll out, med ball, do all my plow care, get out to the field around 3, start throwing, playing catch, jack BP, do a PFP, be done, go in, chill, and then it's game time. And that's, I mean, that schedule is literally the same schedule for 152 games, man. It is it's wake up, get to the field. It's it's not changing unless we have some like rain delay or you know double header, you know. And I swear that we should do the same stuff every day. Get super repetitive, but uh, that's how it is, man. Uh, we got to keep that routine the same and and uh, everything we do. So it gets a little boring, but if you can spice it up a little bit and attack the day and have a goal for each day of what you're gonna do, then you know you're achieving something and you're not staying on that that flat line of just trying to get through it so speaking of that just kind of off the top of my head where you said your individual work there and also said you said some key words that you might have hurt some people's feelings there with saying plyo care and weighted balls 
But on that note, how's the Yankees? I know, you know, Chapman and all those guys, I've seen them warming up with some weighted stuff. How are they on, you know, personal routines? Like, you know, I'm sure there's some guys that like throwing weighted balls and like doing plyo care stuff and maybe some guys that are really aren't on that. Um, are they kind of flexible with what works for you or how does that, how does that really dictate your routine daily? Yeah, no, um, the Yankees are good with anything. You know, they, they want you to follow the guidelines. As long as you're following their guidelines and have time for your stuff, they don't care. You know, um, obviously you got to be smart in what you're doing. If, if you're a newcomer into plyo balls, and you're just picking it up during the season, now the Yankees are going to get bitter. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, you know, there's no sense of that. Where you're going to pick up a routine is the off season. You know, if you're going to bring that in, let's get this accustomed to uh, your daily schedule, your daily routine, and uh, fluctuate from there. Like Chapman, you know, he, uh, I've never really seen him through plyo balls, but he throws those weighted baseballs to get warmed up in the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, no, and they're not going to tell Chapman anything. You know? <laughs> no, you can't do that. You throw too hard. No. No, you know, and, and, and Dellen, you know, he plays with a plyo ball. I've never really seen him throw it. He plays with a plyo ball in the bullpen, just kind of keeping his arm, you know, range of motion kind of going. And then you got like guys like Adam Warren and, and Jason Shreve and uh, Chad Green that just let it ride. They're not big plyo ball guys, but um, obviously they're very, very successful. So whatever routine is yours, and uh, if you're picking up a plyo ball and doing it, then so be it, you know, but make sure you're being smart with it. Don't just pick it up just to pick it up and go. Make sure that you're having, you know, that routine and your arms ready to get going, you know. Cool. Thanks for un- uh, unwrapping that for us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you touched on making that change to the bullpen this season, which was unfamiliar territory for you, not only in your professional career, but also in your amateur career. Um, you're currently sitting with a 3-0 and record, ERA a .73, and you haven't given up a run in five outings. What has allowed you to transition and excel at that new role? Um, I think what's uh, making me have success in this role is having a mindset that I'm still a starter. I know they want me to be a bullpen guy, and that's probably my my end to get to the big leagues is being a bullpen guy. And I I, I totally agree with them for sure. Um, but my mindset I feel like needs to stay as a starter mindset. You know, I come out of the bullpen, um, my velo is definitely ticked, but I'm not a fastball heavy guy. You know, I'm gonna I'm, I throw four different pitches, and a lot of big league guys or a lot of talented bullpen guys are two pitch mix. You know, fastball and here's my best slider, um, or fastball here's my best changeup. You know, and for me, what what I think is I'm still attacking these hitters like I'm a starter. You know, I'm trying to get four pitch mix. I'm trying to have all four pitches ready to roll in the bullpen. I'm trying to mix everything that I can, set guys up, and now all of a sudden my fastball plays a little bit harder than uh, what it has been. So my transition, too, man, it was actually really easy. I talked to a bunch of Adam Warren and Jason Shreve that came from a starting role to uh, to a very successful bullpen guy in the big leagues. Um, and so I really uh, picked their minds in spring training, and I, I tried to take in as much intel and uh, basically try to match their routine with my routine as much as I could unless I didn't like something. You know, I tried to kind of stay on that and get going. Um, and spring training really helped me because – you know, I was in big league camp. I, uh, I had to get it going right away. You know, so there was not much thinking. It was like, oh, Brady, you're in. Get rolling. You know, you got to get out. Get rolling. So there was no thinking at all. It was just like, give me a baseball. I'm going to throw eight pitches in the bullpen. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get eight pitches more. I'm going to try to dial down with three pitches. And now, then it's game time. So I'm adjusting very well, but I think my mindset still needs to stay that I'm a starter. Um, and that's just because of how I attack hitters. 
you kind of you, you touched on mentors like Adam Warren there kind of stole my next question but what was the biggest piece of advice they gave to you in in making that transition yeah don't his basically his advice to me was basically don't overthink things you know um you're still a pitcher basically uh he said yes it's a different routine it's a different thing you're smart enough to take care of your arm you're smart enough to grab grab onto this routine um he said pitch you know, don't overthink this stuff. Watch and learn, everybody. And you know, he Adam Warren is super. He's a super easy going guy. He's easy as can be. Like as as blank as anything. Like this guy just rolls with the flow and is just very very just happy all the time. It, it just doesn't matter. You know. So talking to him was just like, dude, you just and it's calm. It's just you're just a pitcher, man. Just stop overthinking. You know, if you're a starter, you're a starter. You're a reliever, you're a reliever. I was like, oh, okay, great, thanks. So how am I supposed to get ready to do anything? You know, like, <laughs> something out. But, um, you know, he, he was good, man. He just basically said, you know, and then when, when things are rolling and things are kind of, you're hitting a brick wall or, um, you know, you can't slow that game down. And he said, in the big leagues, man, you got to be able to take that step off the rubber and, and breathe and relocate and try to, you know, execute that next pitch. And I was like, man, you seem like, I'm talking to him and I was like, man, you sound like every pitching coordinator out there. Oh man, take a step off and execute a pitch. I'm trying to, man. I'm trying to. <laughs> but yeah, man, his is just make it, you know, make it easy. You know, just uh, remember that you're still a pitcher and don't overthink things. Awesome. And then, um, you know, one thing I know when I made the transition from a starter to a bullpen, one thing that I noticed, and I don't know what maybe, Maybe it'll be interesting if you notice the same thing is I realized that hitters are different because early in the game, they're a little bit more selective late in the game. They try to make something happen. And I, I think that they start to expand the zone a little bit. Have you experienced that at all? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, when I come in, it's, uh, I, I'm kind of that long relief role. So, you know, I'm coming in either the fourth, fifth, sixth or seventh inning kind of in between there. And, uh, you know, I can, I can definitely see that people are trying to select and, and get their pitches. Well, later in the count, they're really aggressive and they're trying to get anything they can. They're really trying to make things happen, which makes things easier for relievers because now it's yeah. like, okay, now I can expand a little bit more. You know, I, I feel like, especially in triple A baseball, there's, you know, they're, they're mistake hitters. A lot of these guys, um, you know, these, I mean, a lot of these guys played in the big leagues or top prospects or been here for years. And they'll be selected for that first pitch. If they don't get that first pitch, they're taking it. And then it's like, oh, panic mode, you know. And for us as pitchers, it's okay. I executed that first pitch strike. Now we're rolling. Now I can literally go in any direction. And it goes back to what I said earlier is I'm a four-pitch mix. If I get that first strike on you, in my mindset, I'm like, I got you. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so you could definitely see that and expand a little bit. Yeah, and that and that's what um, I think – I've heard some advice before too. I think it's a lot harder to go from a bullpen guy to a starter than it is from a starter to a bullpen guy because of that exact mindset. You know, let's say you're a bullpen guy and you're used to guys swinging. So you've got guys swinging out of the zone. Maybe you got a cutter, maybe you got a sinker, maybe you got something that looks like a strike, but it isn't a strike, you know, and you go all of a sudden now you're a starter and these guys aren't swinging at that pitch and now you're falling behind, you know, it turns yeah. into a different ball game. That was a big struggle for me when, you know, I had to go from being a bullpen guy back to, you know, spot starting here and there um, as I was going through college. Um, that was something that was just interesting that I learned through the role. But, yeah, just interesting to know that, you know, different levels, you know, how the game starts to change a little bit. Yeah, 
No, absolutely. Yeah, and you, you definitely have a point there, man. I mean, yeah, I, if I go back starting right now, I have a lot more chase pitches out of the bullpen than I did as a starter because then I remember my pitch count keep going up because I was trying to execute something and I couldn't get it, and I was so stubborn to get away from it, I had to get back to it and say, no, I can command that pitch. You know, but then all of a sudden I look up at the board and I have them 3-0. And I'm like, oh, great. All right, didn't command it, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yes, yes, there's, uh, there's a lot of change into it for sure. Interesting. So how do you maintain, you know, your strength throughout the season? I know you train, you know, a lot during the off season. Um, and I'm going to kind of dive into that a little bit later on too, but how do you maintain it throughout your season with that hectic uh, schedule? Yeah. You know, each routine, it, it's different. You know, you've got guys that want to lift the same day they pitch, got off the mound. Um, well, basically what I should say is anytime you get off the mound, you're going to do some type of workout. Um, you know, they still want your uh, blood to keep circulating. Um, they want you, uh, you know, still upbeat, you know, you're not going to lift the day before you pitch, but you're not going to lift the day after just because you might be really sore. But every time you get off a mound, so if you're doing, say I pitched yesterday, yesterday. So if we had a game today, um, I wouldn't get off the mound, um, unless he told me I'm back to back days. And, uh, so it kind of goes with that routine. And then if so, say I take the day off and I have bullpen work tomorrow, like I have, um, a 15 pitch side. After that 15-pitch side, I'm going to go in and do a total body workout, which our trainer here at the Yankees, like I said, they're top-notch. You know, anything we do, they're, they're on it. It's your schedule. It's where, when you like to lift. It's, uh, and they crush you out. Basically, they burn you out that one day. So as a reliever, you're lifting every time you're in the game or you're getting off the mound. So that's every other day, um, every three days at the, at, at the longest. So you're constantly working out and your body's still, they're still giving you time for your body to recover. Um, just in case if we have one of those days that all of a sudden we go into 16 innings and you got to get up. Now the starting rule, our five day routine is very strict. You'll probably hear me talk about a ton about starting is because that's what I just, I've done my whole my early career. So I'm still new with the, with the whole relieving stuff. But, uh, uh, yeah, as a, as a starter, we got five days. You know, we're in again. Um, so you're pitching. Next day, you're doing a heavy cardio sesh with um, big core sessions. And they know exactly what they're doing. It's written on the board every day. Usually the starters come in really early and crush out their, their hard cardio, get their, uh, their med ball core in, and then basically they're done for the day. They just crush that stuff out. Now, the next day is probably a side work. Um, I was always a third a third day side because I, I I was the most sore on my second day. Um, but people do that once they uh, get off the mound, they're lifting, so they're doing a heavy workout, and then some type of sprints. So it could be 60 yard sprints. You're going to crush out 10 as much as hard as and explosive as you can. The third day is usually kind of like a recovery day. It's going to be a light running, more arm care, and all that stuff. Nothing in the weight room. The next day is a 15-minute cardio piece, which is either on the elliptical or bike, a little bit of core, and then you're off the mound again for your fifth day. And that, you know, that there's your game plan the whole whole year. So yeah, so each, each pitcher is different, but we're getting off the we're basically lifting every day we get off the mound. And as relievers, it's uh it's a little more than as starters. Um, the starters obviously got got to run a little more. <laughs> do you do you guys how is your guys's I know when we were me and Bo had pretty much similar running plans at each one of our our schools but do you guys have like you know sprint work is it scheduled out like I, I know hey you said that, that you have heavy cardio days do you have days you're like okay today 
you know, we're doing 1060s, you know, 530s or, you know, is your running kind of calculated that way as well? Or is it kind of, again, some guys that like want to run more longer distance or is that, how does, how does that look in your guys' organization? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's guidelines. So it's basically, it'll be posted on the board. Um, you know, say, say I'm in that starter role again, that next day, it's going to say 45 minutes straight cardio. So whatever you're doing, it's 45 minutes. If you want to go more, absolutely go ahead. I don't know if anybody wants to go more than 45 <laughs> minutes cardio, but, uh, you know, and then it's, it's, if it gets through spring work, like you said, if they want, you know, it's, it's written up, you got six or you got 10 sixties, um, on the board. Boom. If you want to do more, great. If you are really sore and you can't get to that 10, okay, let's run six and then we'll come in and we'll do 15 yard shuttles and get out of here. So they will kind of vary with it, but each day it's written out and that's what you're doing. So, um, you know, if I got 10 sprint poles today, well, I got to crush out 10 sprint poles. There's no, you know, there's no, uh, there's nothing around it unless you're like, Hey man, uh, a little sore today. I'm really hurting. And usually a lot of people say, Oh man, my legs are sore on 10 sprint poles, uh, just to get out of it. But, uh, <laughs> sprint, uh poles, <laughs> sprint, sprint poles are terrible. <laughs> I know we're still there all those times in high school that you were like, man, I, I can't wait to not run poles anymore. Nope. You still do. You still do. So, um, but yeah, so each, each day is, is written out, um, on the board every single day you come in, find your name, this is what you got. Um, so, but yeah, I think those strength coaches are doing a pretty good job. I remember you coming up with you, this kind of lanky lean Brady, you come back from that first year of pro ball. I hardly recognized you, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. I I graduated with like 170 pounds. I mean, you were hitting bombs 450 in high school, and I was like, man, I got to do something about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you, you've touched on the on the four pitch mix. Um, I remember when we were playing together, there was it was always the knuckle curve was the go to. I know you've made adjustments and kind of developed variations to your breaking pitches in professional baseball. Can you kind of elaborate on that process and what it's done for you? Yeah. You know, in my opinion, I think that pitch is the reason I got drafted. You know, that knuckle curve, I still have that thing, man. I remember one of our pitching coordinators before tried to get rid of it, and I was like, no, 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 I I have to have that. That's my comfort zone. You know, so, uh, but yes, I still have that because I, and like I said, I think that's the reason I got drafted. Yeah, I was one high school, 89, touching 91 maybe every once in a while, touching 92 in a showcase. Uh, You know, I wasn't an extreme hard pitcher, but I had, two pitches that I could throw for strikes all the time. And, you know, and, and um, that's basically all I had getting into it my first two years of pro ball. You know, I didn't have a changeup. I didn't have a slider. Uh, I literally threw fastball, curveball, fastball, curveball. Okay, I'm going to work this guy backwards. I'm going to go curveball, fastball. Or then the next time, fastball, curveball. So I was like, man, I got to do something else. But I got to those full seasons. Um, low A, they tried to develop a changeup. I couldn't really do it. Uh, I, I just don't know why I couldn't catch on to it very quick. Um, so they developed me a cutter. So I went, yeah, fastball, curveball, cutter. My cutter wasn't very good. You know, my ball always has arm side movements, and I had to try to make it go in the other way. But it just got people off my fastball just a little bit, and everybody kind of jumping at my curveball. So, and then when I got to double A, when I got to double A, that was a big eye opener for me. You know, double A is a place where a lot of people have a little bit more rhythm at the plate, have a little bit more of an approach, um, a little bit more of an objective to, objective to a, a, a game plan. And I needed to change it, man. I was like, I, I need something, dude. My fastball is getting lit up. And everybody <laughs> knows if I'm going to go, you know, I have O2, I'm going heavy curveball. I was like, I, I got to do something. 
And uh, my pitching coach at that time just was like, okay, we're going to do this. And I threw just basically a straight changeup. And what my changeup did, he, he just – he told me, he was like, throw it like a football. I was a football player. I was like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And all of a sudden, I, I developed a changeup. So I was like, great. Dude, this got me to an all-star game. This was a huge thing. Right now, it's my best secondary pitch over my curveball for me, and which is, is crazy because, Bo, you've faced my curveball, and, you know, I always get pride in that little thing. Yeah. You know, so that changeup became a big thing. This spring training, this – uh this spring training with Larry Rothschild, you know, uh, big league pitching coach. He uh, he said, "Okay, Brad, we're gonna need a we're gonna need to try to find a slider, see if we can develop that little cutter you had into a slider." And I was like, "Oh man, okay, all right." <laughs> um, and you know what? I caught on to it really quick, really quick. I was like, "I don't know why," because you know, a lot of those people that were always heavy curveball guys have a hard time trying to get the shape and the feel of a slider because it's different. You know, curveball you're trying to work in front of the baseball, slider you're trying to work through the baseball more it's not around and mm. just through it and so it kind of it, it was a weird adjustment trying to get to it but i caught on to it very quick and right now you know i i have so many options out of that bullpen roll that if i don't have a, my curveball i'm like all right well sweet i got my slider oh i don't got my change up okay i got my curveball mm. um okay my fastball i have no idea where it's going i guess it's going to be a secondary pitch day you know so yeah so yeah. there's been a lot of varies but um it's been in times that were crucial for me to get it, and I caught on pretty quick to it. Um, and that's kudos to, you know, all the pitching coaches here in uh, the New York Yankee organization, you know, Jose Rosario and uh, and Tommy Phelps uh, up here in AAA um, were the guys that got me those secondary pitches and, and um, getting me some more swing and misses. So what you're saying basically is you give Gary Sanchez a headache when you shake your head because he doesn't know what the heck you want to go to. You just got too too many options. Yeah. Chapman, it's like it's like all right, we're going slider, and then oh, he might throw a changeup every once in a while. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, know, I know Gary doesn't like my slider very much, and I don't think the Yankee fans do either because uh, the year I was trying to figure it out, uh, Gary got a foul tip to his thumb and it was out about two weeks. So I was like, oh great! So Gary after that never uh, never called a slider from me again. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, uh, you know, as you know, obviously Brady is, you know, I met you over at uh, Ricky Norton's out here in uh, Orem, out here in Utah, and I know you trained with him, you know, during the off season. You know, how do you think uh, Norton performance out here has enhanced your career overall? Oh man, you know, Ricky, ah man, right now I'm 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 on the verge of the big leagues. You know, I'm 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 very confident about that, and I feel like it's because of Ricky. He got me to literally understand more about how my body works you know he got me outside of baseball he was like you know what yeah baseball is great but we're going to start lifting we're going to do this stuff and his lifts were baseball I mean you saw it baseball oriented you know it was the explosion from the ground but he's basically saying I want you to just become a better athlete you know and, and at that time when he told me that I was like man I thought I was a good athlete Ricky got me into a very good lifting program that I actually do during the season you know I talk to the Yankees and all that stuff and say this is something that you know obviously I do the Yankees lifts but um at the end of it I do Ricky's kind of thing to just kind of clean it up for me um get me back into my routine that I had in the off season because it was so solid uh, but Ricky got me into a very good lifting program that keeps my body in check and you know he uh, introduced me to the plyo balls that I feel like have been a huge thing for me you know in big league camp I was touching 96 
you know, this year I've been, you know, even in the cold weather, I've been 93, 95. And when I got to spring training every year, I was 88, 89, you know, and I was like, yeah, that's good. You know, that's actually really good for being in spring training, barely getting it going. Well, my first outing in big league camp, I was 93, 95. I was like, wow, you know, something was clicking and I got to stay with this routine. And it's all because of Ricky, man. Um, that dude, uh, man, I'd, I'd give my arm for that guy's a great dude. Anybody that's in Utah that is looking for that next level workouts and next level routine, next level trainer, you got to go to Norton performance, man. That guy is just solid human being will work around whatever you need to do and really make you feel good about yourself. Because the last couple of years I was not confident in myself, man. I, I, like I said, you guys earlier is you know in 16 i had a four yard race 17 i had a, in triple a i had a five yard race you know terrible terrible numbers for you know a triple a uh pitcher for the new york yankees and uh he got my confidence back because he made me feel like a better athlete and made me feel my body a little bit more and and he got me back on track man and and um that dude's just awesome awesome yeah ricky so. ricky ricky's huge and again you know, really knows the stuff and you can see like, I think what great about that too, is just like you said, he trained so many different types of athletes, you know, not just, obviously not just baseball, you know, you got all the guys from BYU and basketball players and um, I've seen volleyball players and all kinds of players, you know, with him and uh, track athletes. And I think that just, you know, overall helps him, you know, train, just like you said, to help you become a better athlete and become well, uh, more well, uh, well-rounded and you know, they're doing all kinds of studies over there in the modus sleeves and all the data that he collects too. I mean, he's just on top of it. So he's oh, happy yeah. that happy, you know, like uh, what he's doing. I know they're expanding right now too. So um, just shout out to Ricky there. Um, I know he's doing a great job over there. So. So yeah, he's killing it, man. He's killing it. I wish I would have found him earlier in my career, man. <laughs> he, uh, he's got it all. He's got it all figured out. Like I said, man, any young athlete or you know, even college guys, like you said, they're anything that you need, that next level kick in the butt. You know, go to Ricky. He's going to get you right. He's going to get you ready for whatever season you have ahead of you. And uh, he's going to crush you. It's it's not going to be easy, but it's uh, it's going to get that mindset ready to roll and, and give you that confidence, whatever you need to succeed. Hey, well, what do they say, right? Better late than never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> You know, it's pretty cool, though, that you, you found the velo because one thing I always think of when I think Brady Lale is competitor, you know, you've always had the good stuff. But it seemed like every time I was playing with you, that bulldog mentality came out when you stepped on the rubber. Can you kind of touch on that mindset and how you go about approaching each outing? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I think what that came from is coming from a football family. Um, you know, because, yeah, I, I, I label myself definitely as a competitor. Um, not in a cocky way, but you got to be when you're, you know, your career's on the line, um, or when you're playing the game you love. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta be the big dog out there. You gotta be the best. You know, you know, Bo, when you were hitting, I remember you're standing in the box against me, and you're like, no, dude, I'm better than you today. You know, mm-hmm. you had that kind of mentality, which when you find a pitcher that can match that and say, nah, you don't. You know, then you're like, okay, this is the battle. You know, you want to keep everything up tempo. You want to keep everything the best, and that's how I feel like. You know why this game is so good. You know why this game is bigger than all of us, man. It's just every mentality that comes out with everybody that plays this game. You know, like man, a shortstop wants to make that web gem. Well, hit the ball to me. You know, pitcher, man, I'm going to strike you out. I'm done. Good luck. You know, no hitter, I'm going to. You know, I'm going to walk off here. I'm done. I just, 
I want to go home. I'm out. You know, I, I'm winning this game for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many different things, but um, being that bulldog attitude, you need to. Um, like I said, for your career sake, um, there's guys behind you in the lower system that would do anything to be up here in AAA with me uh, or take my job. And uh, so in my mindset, I'm saying, nope, this is my job. i got to get to the next level. And the only way I'm going to do this is being the best. So you got to take that out on the mound. Um, you got to realize what's in stake every time I have that baseball in hand. You know, I got to realize that, you know, this, this is my career. This is the way that I'm trying to uh, support my family is throwing this white baseball and through a country club. You know, so, but that bulldog mentality came from, you know, trying to be the best in everything I did. You know, well, I know your dad and, and my dad were just like that too because they embedded that into us. You know, we were trying to be the best in everything that we possibly could. And so that bulldog attitude just basically came from, and, and they, people got to realize too, it's not being cocky. Um, you know, it's baseball players. We got to be confident. We got to be able to say, no, I'm the best on this day. You know, every single day I'm the best. And that's not saying that obviously to your teammates, but having that mindset in the back of your head saying, I'm the best, you know, I got this today, you know, mm-hmm. and that should be everyday mindset. So what, um, especially too, I, one thing that I'm, I'm really interested in is now, you know, again, you kind of, like you said, you built velocity up here over time. Um, and now that you're a high velocity arm, you know, how has your recovery program changed over the years as your uh, velocity has gone up? Yeah, no, um, you know what? My recovery has been really good, man. I remember in the, trying to get my inning limits up in the lower system was tough for me. Um, you know, I go from high school that I'm throwing, you know, maybe 80 innings a year to all of a sudden the next year I'm throwing 170. Um, so that build was, it was tough for me. And I remember every outing I was hanging for sure. Over the years, my variations, my, my routine has definitely changed, you know, and, and uh, the lower system, they have you on a daily basis. Okay, you're doing shoulder program one today. You're doing shoulder program two today. You're doing shoulder program three today. Okay, today you can mark pro. Okay, today you can get soft tissue um, today. So in the lower system, they're trying to find what works for you. Um, and all these young guys are trying to, trying to find it, you know. So they're doing everything that they possibly can, which in my opinion kind of got to be a little too much. You know, every five days I'm literally doing a shoulder program. Like, I was like, ah, gosh, man. Every day in my recovery days I'm doing this. I'm like, man, this is kind of tough. So when I got to double A, they're kind of a little more lenient up here. You know, kind of saying, okay, you got here. Now all that stuff you learned in the lower levels, let's take those things and develop a routine of what you need to do. And for my opinion, I needed, or for me, I just needed a couple more days off. You know, as a starter, I needed that next day I'm going to do light. I'm going to do a soft tissue. The next day, you know, I'm going to throw my bullpen, and I'm not going to do anything after my bullpen. I'm just going to throw. I don't want to do a shoulder program. I don't want to do this. I'm just going to let it chill for a little bit. The next day, I'll probably do the same. And then the next day, I would do a little shoulder program of whatever they had, and then I was ready to roll. You know, um, I needed those recovery days. And now I see a lot of people that are different that want to do things every single day, and their arms can keep up with that. But what I've noticed this last year or this year because I'm a reliever now and I got to be ready every day is that Ricky's program got me in the right way, man. I do basically my recovery. It feels like before I even throw, you know, I do my plyo balls and I do all my, my driveline based stuff and I do my throwing in between. And then I come back in and I do my post throwing and then I'm done. 
I, that's basically all I've been doing. And my recovery has been great. You know, like right now I know it's early in the season, but I can go back to back games right now if I needed to. Man. And I, I, I personally think that my velocity is going to stay. Now, ask me this a couple months down the road. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to feel. But right now I feel like my recovery is, is phenomenal. I've adjusted, especially from that's that's the one thing that scared me from being a starter to a reliever is that recovery process because I was so schedule oriented as a starting pitcher that I didn't know how to schedule my recovery days as a reliever. And I think I've adjusted pretty well in the fact of my throwing program. You know, if I got to go air it out today, I'm going to go air it out. Okay, tomorrow, obviously, I'm going to go 60 feet or 90 feet, but I'm still going to have that intent in my head that I'm throwing it through my partner. Um, but I'm just going to shorten it up a little bit. So there's all these variations and it changes, and you can see a lot of different um, pitchers doing a lot of different things. But I, I'm more of a guy that I want to get this stuff done and then try to start my recovery as soon as I can. You know, you only have a certain amount of bullets, I believe. You know, so you got to be able to recover and uh, rejuvenate that arm and get ready for 100% of, of using it. So, you, uh, I, I know because you've talked so many times about the plyo care and things like that. One thing that I've kind of felt when I do a lot of the plyo care is that I think sometimes I was using long toss um, to give me some, give, give me some of my flexibility and mobility back, which again, I, I do think that's part of it. But also, too, I think the plyo care can give you some similar results along with your long toss program with another way of keeping the volume down. Do you think that that's, you know, do you agree with that? Or do you think that that helps you a lot because you don't have to do so many throws to get the same result? Or what do you think about that? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, The one thing I feel about plyo ball is is, um, it gets me warm a little bit quicker. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so then I can actually execute my long toss. You know, like when we actually just pick up a baseball and we start playing catch, you know, we always have that six, seven throws. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, it's going to be a bad day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, you kind of take that out with that weighted ball, which I've never really felt that, oh, okay. It's, I mean, it's, you know, a heavy, you know, it's a heavy ball, so you're not really feeling a lot of anything. It kind of crushes out those little bit of, of soreness, you know, kind of like, oh, man. So then instead of that, I can go and actually execute my first seven throws and be like, okay, let's start figuring this out. Now I can yeah. start developing a little bit more backspin or I can work through this baseball a little bit better instead of my first seven throws before I did that. I was like, oh, man, I'm just barely throwing it to you. No, my first seven throws, I'm trying to throw it through my partner already. I'm trying to get that carry. Now when I get to that long toss, now my long toss is a little different. I kind of float it up there because all I want to see is my spin and how far out front I can actually release the ball. Yeah. Um, so I want to see spin and everything. I think those med balls are a big crucial thing that I can go and actually execute my throwing program right away instead of worrying about how my arm feels. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing I've noticed is like when I, I got some of our, you know, right in, over here in uh, Utah now, now we're doing those um, and they're going through that routine uh, the warm up series. And when they, after they get done with that, it's like guys were everybody coming over to me. They're like, man, I feel like I already long tossed before I long toss, yeah. you know? And so, yeah. so all of a sudden they, they're like, when I first showed them the routine, they're like, man, that looks like a lot of stuff, you know? And we yeah. slowly integrated it. Of course, it wasn't like, you know, all this today. Um, yeah. But anyways, with that is, you know, all of a sudden when they started doing it, it's like actually their long toss was actually quicker than it was normally because they can back up a lot faster because they're already warm yep. They're You know, they've yep. already been yep. doing all those other things. So it's, it's, it's just interesting when you first look at it, you're like, man, that looks like a lot of volume, but when yep. you actually get into it, you're like, Oh no, but I'm warmer. So I don't have to throw as much. Exactly. 
Exactly. No, absolutely. Like I said before, man, it's we only have so many bullets in our arm. You know, when I say I, I'm throwing long toss, I might throw three long toss, like deep toss. I might throw literally 180 feet, you know, maybe 200, like two or three times. And then all of a sudden come back in at 105 and I do my rip downs or my pull downs. And basically with the baseball, and I'm warm. Like when I play catch, I'm like, literally, I feel like I only throw like 12, 15 throws now. You know, and I'm like, I'm ready to roll. And in the bullpen, when I got to get hot, dude, I'm getting hot in six, seven pitches because of that weighted ball that I feel like it's easier to get warm with, man. So there's a lot of benefits to it. But with those nine guys, just keep telling them just to keep buying into it. And if they got to shorten up on those throwing programs with the real baseball, then do it a little bit, you know. Um, But, yes, I could definitely see that for sure. So, Brady, what I'm hearing in these new programs and and the new role is that me and Joey have a better chance to come see at Yankee Stadium this year. <laughs> yes, you guys better be right there, man. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I feel like we'd be doing the listeners a disservice if I didn't ask you this question, but you came up with guys like Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, uh, Luis Severino, like you mentioned. What has that experience been like, and what separated those guys from the rest? You know, those guys that you just mentioned are some of my best friends. Um, you know, me and Aaron Judge contact each other every day, even in the off season, man. Um, Gary Sanchez was my catcher for four years in the minor league ball. And uh, Severino, believe it or not, me and him were together the whole time until he left me in double A. <laughs> but these guys, man, what put them over the top was, dude, they were competitors. Every day they competed with something. Every day they achieved their goal of, okay, today I'm um, – I'm doing my cage work a little bit earlier or okay, Sevy, I'm getting out there and I'm, I'm going seven inning shutty. Like they're doing goals that are like, we look at and be like, Oh man, that would be cool. No, that's their daily routine. They're going to do this. And um, they're top notch athletes, man. And what makes them the best and what makes me the biggest fan of them is, is they're great people, man. They're just regular people, human beings. Aaron Judge is one of the truest dudes in the world. Luis Severino is a complete goofball, you know, loves everything about this world and about everything that he does, loves this game of baseball. Gary Sanchez, if you watch him behind the dish, man, I know everybody thinks he's he's an unbelievable – that's all they can tell is that he's an unbelievable catcher, which he is. But, man, every time I look at a game or watch a game on TV, I just smile because I know exactly what's going through his head. Or when he goes out to a mound meeting and he's talking to – you know, I don't know, Sonny or Jordan Montgomery or whatever. And uh, I could just picture him what he's saying. And it cracks me up because of the human being he is, man. But this system too, man, this Yankee system's it. Um, they're top notch, man. So everybody that's even coming up here, um, we'll have Greg Bird. He's one of my good friends. We'll be having Greg Bird here rehabbing and all that stuff. We have Brandon Drury right now. All these guys, man. It's it's incredible, and I'm not just saying this AAA team because I'm on this AAA team. Is, is anybody here can go play in the big leagues, um, and that's what a lot of those Yankee fans need to realize is, is um, we our depth in this organization is absolutely incredible um, with talent and great people. And so with all those top notch guys, judging with the MVP, I remember talking to Judge this offseason. You guys like this? Um, you know, I was like, dude congratulations on MVP or the rookie of the year. Congrats, dude. That's incredible. And he goes, yeah, dude, but guess what? I'm on the cover of the show. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't care about the show, man. You just won the rookie of the year. And he's like, 
No, man, I'm a I, I'm on the show, man. I couldn't even get to play a video game with my face on it. I was like, gosh dang, man. You're not even worried about the rookie of the year. You're worried about your face on MLB the show. Um, but that's what kind of guy he is, man. Um, and people take that for granted. Like They don't realize that he's a normal human being and he's a goofball. Um, and so it's awesome to see them so successful, dude. Um, and, you know, that makes me and all these guys down here want it more. You know, there's nothing in the world that I want more than – um, you know, to step foot in that Yankee stadium and be with my guys again, um, you know, and I've, I've hit a plateau these last couple of years and, and, um, you know, and I think that's what's kind of given me that edge is I want to go play with that team again. And I want to be with my, my brothers again. So, but those guys are awesome. I'm super excited and, and, um, they're incredible, man. Awesome. Well, Hey Brady, you know, we really appreciate you jumping on and giving us some perspective and uh, sharing some of these stories with us, giving us some insight into, into your world. But no, uh, thank you so much for your time. And I know, again, you, you, you get one off day and we're, you know, we're over here bending your ear. So we really appreciate <laughs> it. And uh, I know, uh, you, had to, you know, you got to find some service out there, out there in Scranton. So we, uh, we appreciate you. And uh, thanks again for your time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. Keep doing your stuff. These podcasts are awesome. And, and um, dude, just keep sharing the love of this game, man. Um, this game is a lot bigger than everybody. And this game is, is life. Um, and with you guys doing this podcast show that, uh, you know, this game is huge and, uh, everybody loves it. And so keep doing your guys' things. And I really, it's, it's an honor to be on here and I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks Brady. Thanks man. All right, guys. Man, it's so great to have Brady on and, you know, for him to give us his time during his one off day, you know, they're traveling around like crazy men. So, uh, this call takeaway is brought to you by quality at bats. Don't forget to visit quality to further your mental approach to the game. Man, it was so cool to sit down and chat with Brady. He's been a lifelong friend of mine. Um, he's not only a great baseball player, but he's a better kid and a better person. What was your biggest takeaway, Joey? Well, I think he really talked about, you know, his uh, resilience. You know, he's had a show through this whole entire process. Um, you know, every, you know, he's, he's so close to achieving his dreams. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to be so happy when uh, he makes it and we repost this episode and go, look, we told you guys he's coming. Um, I've personally seen him train and, I'm just really excited for him to achieve his goals and also just because I know how hard he works. But my biggest call takeaway from this is just constantly the same thing. Put your head down, you know, head down, eyes forward, continue to, you know, get better, continue to, you know, learn, figure out things. You know, sometimes what you think your plan is, you know, God's got some other plans for you. He's got some different steps you need to go through. And so I'm just really happy for him. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what's coming for the future. What'd you take away from it, Bo? Yeah, man, it's so cool to sit down. I mean, so many emotions going through the interview, um, knowing he grew up a Yankees fan and being so close. I'm excited for him. But uh, biggest thing I took away, it's it's been reiterated through a couple interviews now, is just competitiveness. You know, you hear him talk about Judge and Gary Sanchez and, and minor league system. It, it can be a, a routine, it can be monotonous, and every single day you just got to compete and the best in the world are doing it. So you better find a way to start doing it as well. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a big one. Um, to comment on that is the same thing is like, just like you said, if you're not, if you don't have a passion for it and if this isn't what you want to do and you don't want to be a big leaguer, you know, the minor leagues is not a place for you. You know, it's not a fun place to be. Um, it's not designed to be a fun place to be. It's, it's designed to be a place that's going to challenge you. Um, and you know, it weeds itself out. You know, there's a lot of guys every single year that either get cut or they get released or weeded out or et cetera, et cetera. 
And because of that, um, you know, I think that that's a great point that he's making is like, you know, these guys that really make it are the guys that are highly competitive and, you know, they're there to get to the big leagues and that's it. And that's why, you know, they don't just go through the motions. That's why they're not there just getting reps. They're in there every single day, you know, with that dream in mind. And uh, I think that was just a great, great, great point. Absolutely. So guys, you know, like always, I'm sure, you know, this is the interesting perspective. We're trying to hit it from all sides of the game. You got a player's perspective now, a guy that's still in the fight, still got that dog in him. And uh, you guys got to see that, you know, what it's going to, it's really like to be at that level and just be inches away from achieving his dream. So if you think that this would impact somebody, if it's one of your players on your team, if it's, you know, guys on your coaching staff, if it's, you know, ideas of, you know, the pitching plans, like, again, of how they go about their weeks and how they do the relievers or their weight program or, you know, again, there's so many different angles you can take from this and apply it towards your team. Maybe you guys want to look into some Ricky Norton stuff. Maybe you guys want to look into some plyo care stuff. This is a great episode to share with some guys. Uh, venture out. Uh, reach out to us if you guys have any questions. Go on to our website. Go on to us at social media. Um, you know, go to our, our website, the, the system.farm. We have resources on there. Also ways to contact us. If you guys have any questions, you guys have, you know, again, you know, you know, we have some things, you know, Bo's experimenting with a whole bunch of stuff. We're experimenting stuff with over at Brighton. And if you guys have any questions about any of those things, maybe how we're running things at practice, anything like that, great time to reach out there on our website and, and check out our resources on there as well. Big things to come, but until next time, farm system out.